Welcome to Liberated Living Ministries with John and Beverly Sheesby. You are listening to the Seed to Seed message for October 2022. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please visit our website, liberatedliving.com. Grace to you and greetings to you from Glenpool, Oklahoma. The seasons, they are a-changing. We're about to be going into uh, some chilly weather as the fall is upon us. Bev and I were up in Colorado Springs this past weekend uh, with uh, Brad and Jessica and the family and had a wonderful time there. And uh, we're getting ready to go back to Nashville. We travel there on the 23rd. And we'll do a conference, two conferences, 24th through the 27th. Then we'll come home for a week and then go back on the 6th and be there for conferences 7th to the 10th. And then we go down to Georgia, to Hogansville again for a celebration for Alex and Jill Montgomery. It is their 20th year of ministry at Grace Covenant Worship Center. And they've invited us to be there for the celebration. And so we'll be going back there. In November, we're looking forward to that. Well, God has been so good to Bev and I. We are just blessed, blessed by his favor, blessed by his provision, blessed by all of you who have expressed your love to us and who have supported us in so many ways. And so just know that we appreciate every one of you that hears this word and that uh, responds and um you know, as I bring out in this message, it's important to respond every time you hear from God. Just acknowledge Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. I know this message is going to be a blessing to you. It's a continuation. It's the second message I preached in Hogansville when we were there last. But this one is about the spirit of revelation. You know, when Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. The Spirit of God within us is able to give us revelation and insight into spiritual things that we could never have. You know, when the disciples were with Jesus, Jesus told them deep things, but the Bible says often they did not understand. They did not understand. They did not understand. But when the Spirit came, Peter on the day of Pentecost stands up and now he has revelation and insight. So this is a great word concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit, revealing all the things of Jesus and reminding us of all the things that he has said and revealing to us all the things that we have through the Father. So you be blessed as you listen to the Spirit of Revelation. All right, John 16, verse 7. We're going to start there again tonight. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And uh, we just looked at this last night because a lot of people would feel like, man, if we could have Jesus here in person, how wonderful that would be. Not as wonderful as the Holy Spirit being with us. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because Jesus was limited by the fact that he had a body. He could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere. 
And he comes to inhabit us, as I said last night. He doesn't float in the atmosphere. He comes to us. Jesus said, I will send him to you. He comes to indwell us. So that we looked last night at the fact that Jesus promised that he would abide with us forever. He'll never abandon us. He'll never leave us. And uh, I developed that. But I'm going to leave that this evening. And I want us to go back to John chapter 14. And we're going to read from verse uh, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. And here he says, the Father is going to send the helper in my name, in my place, as my representative. In fact, he said he's the same kind of helper. He's exactly the same type of helper, the Holy Spirit. Here he says, the Father is going to send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I said this last night, and I want to emphasize this again. Jesus said a number of times over, all, or all, as you'd say in Georgia, all things. See, many of us as Christians, because we we feel uh, baby Christians, we feel immature, we feel we're not as smart as somebody else, we feel that we don't have the advantages of the kind of education that would equip us to be able to really understand and receive everything. I want you to understand this, that there is not one single person who is too low in IQ not to be taught by the Holy Spirit all things. It's not according to your smarts. It's not according to your IQ. It's according to his capacity and his ability. He has promised to teach us all things. And we've got to get rid of this inferiority complex that the enemy has used to keep so many of us down that we have felt, oh, well, I'm just not as smart as you. I just don't have the same kind of learning that you have. It's got nothing to do with it. The Holy Spirit has been sent with one specific purpose, to teach you all things. That includes you, every one of you. <laughs> that should make you happy. You see, we, we, we've, we've just we've dealt with so much of this kind of thing where the church evolved into a hierarchical clergy. And then the hoi polloi, the the laity, the people down here. And we look to the the clerical uh, group to teach us all things. And of course that was amplified in the Roman Catholic Church, very much so, where the priest was God's representative. And the whole concept of the priesthood of all believers was completely lost during that season of the church. But I want you to know that you are a kingdom of priests unto our God. 
That's who you are. And you have a right to know all things. And he said he will bring to your remembrance, in that same verse he goes on and he says, he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. There's all again. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I've said unto you. Okay, John 15 and verse 26 says this, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He'll reveal, in other words, he's come to reveal Jesus. In, in 16 verse 13, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority or of his own initiative. Now, in the King James Version, it's a terrible translation. It says he will not speak of himself. (laughs) And so I sort of grew up with this idea that the Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. Rubbish. The construction there is exactly Jesus said, I don't speak of myself. Of course he did speak about himself. But what it means is I don't speak of my own initiative or by my own authority. What I hear the Father say, that's what I speak. So when it says the Holy Spirit won't speak of himself, it doesn't mean that he doesn't draw attention to himself. Day of Pentecost, he drew a lot of attention to himself. You know, kind of thing. But he won't speak of his own initiative or or his own authority. What he hears, he speaks. And this is what he'll... He'll speak of, oh, I love this verse. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Yeehaw! That's good. You see, well, um, I don't want to, I just want to run ahead of myself right here. But okay, let's leave. He will show you things to come for a moment. And then look at verse 14 and 15. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Well, what are the things of Jesus? Glad you asked that question. Look at verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. See, there's nothing in the Bible that makes us believe that God is withholding from us in any regard what we need for life and godliness. In fact, Peter says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and virtue by which he has given to us his great and precious promises that through these you might become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's not withholding anything from us. And Jesus said, everything that the Father has is mine. Why? Because by inheritance through his death on the cross, he has inherited and then he has shared and imparted the entire inheritance with us. We are so unbelievably rich because everything that the Father has belongs to Jesus and the Holy Spirit has come to show us everything that the Father has and that is ours. Let me tell you about my life journey. My daddy was a preacher Baptist preacher, 
And I grew up, um, I was saved when I was four years of age. I better not close my Bible, coming back there. Four years of age at a children's camp, I can remember distinctly inviting Jesus into my heart. And I can remember the change that happened in me. But I've shared before that my daddy was very much a very, uh, how can I say, performance orientated. And so he was very much a fruit examiner. And when he didn't see the fruit in my life, he would tell me, well, you're not acting like a Christian. And in my mind, I thought, well, then I'm not a Christian. So every time my daddy would give an invitation in church, I'd walk the aisle to get saved again. And this was a pattern of my life until I was 18 years of age. And uh, I finally settled the issue at 18 years of age at a Youth for Christ camp uh, at Marselsport in the Orange Free State in South Africa. And I came to the place of saying, God, I believe the word, not how I feel or what I see, but your word is true. Three years later, I was on a youthful Christ team to South America. And um, on the ship in those days, this was before air travel, 1967. And on the ship sailing back from Rio de Janeiro to Cape Town, it was, this is a humorous aside, When we got onto the ship, we knew nothing of what was going on in the world, and we discovered that there was conflict between Israel and Egypt, and on our third day out to sea, the Six-Day War erupted. (laughs) And we were out in the middle of the ocean, and uh, the captain would give us a daily update on the progress of the war, and the war was over while we were still on the ocean, and we didn't know if we'd be able to dock in Cape Town when we arrived there, but we did. But a verse that I got on the, that ship, the Stratbanker was the name of the ship, and the verse that I may know him and the power of his resurrection just became so strong in my spirit. And I prayed and I said, God, I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection, becoming conformed to your death. And that was the passion of my heart, and that was in about July of 1967. And in November, I had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. At that time, I didn't speak in tongues, but I became obsessed with this word. I would stay awake many nights and read the Bible all night through. I just couldn't get enough of the word. I read it through again and again and again and again. I just was passionate about seeing the whole scope of God's revelation in the Word. It was so wonderful. But it was great, but there was still a missing dimension that you need to hear this. It's not just about consuming a bunch of Bible verses. It's about hearing the Spirit speaking through that word to your heart. See, Jesus said he'll lead you into all truth. And it's not about cramming the whole Bible, although, you know, I'm so grateful for those years of reading the Bible through again and again and again because it gave me such an overall view of God's plan of redemption and his purposes with mankind. But I went to seminary 
Well, first of all, in 1969, Bev, we went on another team to South America, and Bev was on that team, and we fell in love, and so that was... Huh? We've been in love ever since, and January we'll be married 50 years. But um, <clears throat> I came back from there, went to Bible school, and then went on to seminary. And went into pastoral ministry and was in four years in a church in Pretoria in South Africa. And then we went up to Zimbabwe in um, 1979. And we were there till 1980, the end of 1981. But in 1981, I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to go to these verses from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9 says this, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, that's a quotation from the Old Testament from Isaiah. I has not seen, nor has ear heard. And that sounds so wonderful because it's like it's so mysterious. <laughs> but that's Old Covenant. The next verse is New Covenant, because it says, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. What he's really saying is this, it's impossible for you with your normal human faculties to be able to comprehend spiritual realities. You can't do it by the clarity of your eyesight. You can't do it with the smartness of your brain. It takes the revelation of the Spirit of God, but it doesn't need to remain a mystery to us. We can know the things that God has prepared for those who love him, is what he's saying. God has revealed them unto us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I read this one morning. I was having my quiet time in my front study in our house in Gweru in Zimbabwe. And I read it, and it was like light went on. Because I realized that with all of my intellectual knowledge, from going to Bible school for two years and on to seminary and so on, with all of that knowledge, I had imbibed so much of the wisdom of man. And the wisdom of man is in direct conflict with the revelation of the Spirit. See, spiritual truth has to be spiritually revealed and spiritually received. It's not a matter of your intellectual capacity being convinced of truth. I mean, there is a dimension that our minds obviously are engaged in it. But I want to tell you that there are some... I have met uneducated Africans in Africa who've never been to school, but who know more of God than most professors in seminaries in the United States of America, because they are spirit taught. William Duma came into our home when I was a kid. William Duma was a Zulu pastor. He's seen more people raised from the dead than anybody else that I know of. He, he just weekly, people were raised from the dead. They had healing services in his church, and he had no education, but he'd had such an encounter with the Holy Spirit that he received spiritual revelation. He, there's a wonderful book written about him. Unfortunately, it's out of print. Take your glory, Lord. 
Because when somebody was raised from the dead, he would just say, take your glory, Lord. I'll not touch your glory. It's your glory. See, there are things that the Spirit wants to reveal to us and wants to do in us and to do through us that boggle the imagination. And some of us are so bound by the limits of our minds and our reason and our imagination that the Holy Spirit is trying to transcend that and take us into the dimensions where He can operate in such a supernatural level and defy all of your knowledge and defy all of the limits of what you can conceive of. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard. So if you continually receive from the Holy Spirit, but then subject it to your intellect, guess what's going to happen? You're going to rob the word of its power. In Back in 1982, the Lord said this, no, no, in 89, was it? 89, the Lord said to me, you would have so little trouble doing what I tell you to do if you didn't always think of how to explain your obedience to others. See, when you get a word from God, it's so full of life. It's a rhema word. But then you think of, well, what is my wife going to think of that? What is my spouse going to what, what, what are my friends going to think of that? See, and we start worrying about what, how people will see it. And then we think of how can I present it to them in a way that will not offend them. Come on. And by the end of it, all of that word has lost its power in us. Because, well, let's go on. God has revealed them unto us by Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And where does he live? (laughs) And what has he been sent to do? To lead us into all truth. Now look at the next verse. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God see the thing that God had to show me is this that you can't be imbibing the world's spirit and at the same time be receiving the spirit of revelation there is a shocking loss of revelation in these days because so many of God's children have been imbibing the spirit of the world through the media and believed the lies of the world instead of hearing the spirit of God. I'm not trying to be mean, but you can't have the spirit of the world and the spirit which is from God. You can't have revelation when you're relying on human wisdom or you're listening to the voices out there of others that are full of doubt and unbelief and fear and death and and everything else. See, the Spirit is a spirit of life. He's a life-giving spirit. He's always going to lead you into truth, which is life. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Holy Spirit is always about imparting life to you. He's not going to lead you into death. 
And so when, you, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling de- depressed, when you're feeling discouraged, you've listened to the spirit of the world. When you feel as if you don't know where you're going and so on, you've probably been listening to the spirit of the world and it has sown confusion in your mind. Because God is not going to author confusion in your mind. We have not received the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit which is from God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in words which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Bev will tell you this. Excuse me. Back in my preaching days when I was pastoring in Zimbabwe, before I had a radical encounter with grace, I had such elaborate, wonderful outlines and notes. (laughs) And they were all alliterated. They were all beautiful works of, of art of rational art. And it was like when I had an encounter with the grace of God, God stripped all of that away. All of that wisdom of man. He said, if you're going to express spiritual revelation, you've got to express it in spiritual words, not words taught by human wisdom. And it's like you can that's cutting off my arm. <laughs> when you've been schooled in... Uh, Greek and Hebrew and all that. And, you know, all my old notes. I finally, I had a dream one night. Any of you know who Clark Whitten is? I was sharing a room with Clark Whitten at a conference we were doing together. And I had a dream one night. And in this dream, I saw snakes coming out of my sermon notes. And I woke up with a start. And the Lord said, Ditch them. Ditch them. See, now, I'm not against education at all. I'm not against learning. But when that takes the place of revelation of the Holy Spirit and an ability just to let the Spirit of God minister through you, I'm dead set against that. Because the world is starving to hear from God. And we don't need more wisdom of men. We need the word of God ministered by the Holy Spirit. Which things we speak, not in words which men's wisdom teaches, but in words taught by the Holy Spirit. Now this is the, the next phrase can be translated in different ways, but I like this the best. Expressing spiritual truths in, or spiritual concepts. In spiritual words. See, inevitably it's easy to, when you've got education, to want to take what God has given you and then just elaborate and make it palatable. And God's so often not in that. But now look at the next verse. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have 
the mind of Christ. Not we will have, not we might have. You, as a new creation, born of the Spirit of God, born by the seed of God, you have the mind of Christ. Come on, you, you need to agree with that because the Bible says you do. See, and then you say, oh, Lord, I, I'm going to have to, you know, I wish Bear would prophesy over me because I don't know what to do in this situation. And I, I've got to get the prayer chain working because I just don't know what to do. And, oh, if only Jesus were here that I could talk to him. You, know. you have the Holy Spirit. See, now... I've discovered this. He doesn't always speak to you on your time schedule. You know, we want the answer yesterday. And he's so much more interested in the relationship with us and for us coming into a place of quietness before him so that he can download into us. And we get so anxious and in the, in the vacuum of not hearing from him, we just think, oh, well, then I just got to go ahead and do something. <laughs> and then you wake up and you realize that doing something was the worst thing you could have done in this situation because we, you didn't wait. Just wait for him. See, spiritual truths are going to have a spiritual expression, spiritual words, and it all comes because number one, bottom line is, you have the mind of Christ. Wow, we are rich, folks. We are so rich. We have the Holy Spirit, and we have the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is committed to reveal to us everything that the Father has. Wow. So how do we get there? (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you this. He's not looking for smart people. He's looking for receivers. That's the bottom line issue. Being a receiver. Receiver is another word for faith. Believing. In other words, when he says it, you believe it. Bottom line. Another thing that I've discovered in this whole thing of hearing from the Spirit is this. He really likes me to respond when he speaks to me. He really likes me to acknowledge him. Proverbs 3 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, when he does something in your life, acknowledge it. Just tell him, thank you, Jesus. That was you. It wasn't my smarts. It wasn't, you know, it's acknowledge when he shows you favor. Acknowledge when you have success in business. Acknowledge the windfalls that come your way. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Recognize his hand. I've told you this story before, but I'll do it again. Peter Lord, 
um, from Titus, who was from Titusville, Florida, preached one time. I heard him preach on this, and he talked about responding, responding to God and acknowledging him. He went up to Colorado Springs to visit and to preach in the church where his son was pastoring in, in the Springs. And every morning he'd get up and he'd get his coffee and he'd just look at Pike's Peak and the front range. And he would comment to his son the beauty of the mountains. And one morning his son said to him, he said, Dad, do you know that there are people who live here in Colorado Springs, they don't even notice the mountains anymore. And he meditated on that and he said, how do you keep from becoming so familiar with something that you don't see it anymore. And he realized, and he said to his son, the way to keep from becoming so familiar that you don't recognize it anymore is to respond to it every time you do see it. And that is so about spiritual truth. If every time you receive something from the Holy Spirit, you just say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that's you. You acknowledge him. He'll give you more. You know, we've learned some amazing lessons with our grandchildren. We have some who are incredibly full of gratitude. And we have some who just take all of our generosity and don't show any gratitude at all. Guess who's Nana's favorites are? <laughs> not supposed to have favorites, but... You're not supposed to have favorites, but you can't help it. If somebody always responds, you know what? And Jesus said that the one who has to more will be given. And the one who does not have, does not hold to it, even what he has, will be taken away from him. If you don't hold on to the revelation of the Spirit, you, you lose it. Respond. React. You know, just, just say, yes, Lord, that's you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart today. And you know what the best way to do with it is? Do what my crazy wife does. Share it with somebody text it to somebody if you get a word from God share it with somebody that makes it doubly powerful because you've received it and you've imparted it and shared it with somebody else she is crazy but I love her I love <laughs> <laughs> she has challenged me immensely you know I have to make him a little more crazy right now I want us to look at Ephesians 1. We're going to end off there with the verses that Bev referenced earlier. Ephesians 1. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. I can remember listening to a message from Kenneth Hagen. And the first church that he pastored in McKinney, Texas, you know, he, was, he didn't know much. But what he did was, there was a, the front of the church was a communion table and there was a big pulpit Bible that was lying on that communion table. And every, he would open it to the prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. 
And he would pass, every time he walked past that communion table, he would pray one of those prayers over the people in his church. Ah, they such great prayers. This is what Ephesians 1, the prayer is. For this, therefore I also, verse 15, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, in my Bible, spirit there is small s. In some translations, it's capital S. I think it's both. It's his spirit operating in my spirit so that I have a spirit of wisdom because his spirit is the spirit of wisdom. Okay? Give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what the Holy Spirit has come for. He's come to reveal the things of the Father to us. And Jesus said, everything that the Father has is mine. That's why I said he'll take up the things of mine and reveal them to you. I want to, I'm trying to stir faith in you tonight to realize you're not an imbecile. See, some of you have bought into a lie that you are backward and you just don't, are not smart enough and all the rest of it. That is not a qualification. It's just simply being a believer and a receiver. And when God does speak to you, you acknowledge that it's God. Say, God, that's you. Amen. See, what happens to us is God does something for us and the enemy just says, oh, that's just coincidence. That's just happenstance. Well, if you just keep believing in happenstance, then you'll never see the glory of God because you're not acknowledging it as being from him. So he says that you, the, the, sorry, that you, the eyes of your understanding, so, well, go back to verse 17. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding. And I really believe that the translation, the eyes of your heart, is a better translation. Your inner man, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And as Bev referenced, that's not the inheritance that he has for you, but the inheritance that he sees you as to him. You're his inheritance. Like Israel was God's inheritance, he said continually, we're his inheritance. He likes us. We're his riches. And, and I won't preach on this now, but and the greatness of his power working in us who believe that same power. That, the power, exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to bed over all things to the church or for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's you. You're his church. You're his ecclesia, his called out ones. 
the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom. That's you. You have the spirit of wisdom. You have the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. I love what Peter says verses I quoted earlier his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue by which he has given to us his great and precious promises but it's in knowing him in knowing him (laughs) that passion that I had to know him in his word, led to me having an encounter with the Holy Spirit in 1982 after I'd spent the month studying the whole subject of grace and God revealed grace to me. And then he met me and he touched me again so powerfully with his Holy Spirit. And everything that I had preached before, and Bev had the same experience, I laid hands on her and the Spirit of God touched her, and she spoke in tongues, and she'd go and speak at, at, at youth meetings, and she'd preach the same messages that she preached before. But now, the Spirit of God just moved in power. And there were some meetings that she spoke at, every single lost person got saved at. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, we, we are so blessed. We are so privileged. We're, we're so... and. And the release came for me when I finally recognized that when God had touched me earlier and I had babbled like a little child and I thought, oh, that's just me. I'm just making up those words. (laughs) He wanted to offend my mind so badly. And finally, in 1982, I realized I had subjected the Holy Spirit to my reason and because my reason didn't think that what was coming out of my spirit made any sense it was just gobbledygook and child's stuff I rejected it but I came to the place in 1982 of saying Lord I don't care if it sounds crazy but the Bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself so I'm going to edify myself I'm going to pray in this language you've given me as stupid as it sounds and until you get so tired of what I'm saying that you give me more words I'm just going to keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over again and I want to say this unequivocally tonight that the revelation that I have had the word of God that I teach comes from praying in the Holy Ghost and allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind to the truth of God's word. When Bev exhorted you to speak in tongues, she wasn't just wanting to get you over onto her side. She's wanting you to experience the most glorious thing that you can experience. Because when you're speaking in a tongue, you're speaking mysteries. But God doesn't want to leave them as mysteries. He wants to reveal them to you. So he wants to give you the interpretation of that that you have spoken so that you can know the things that are freely given to you of God. That's it. The spirit of revelation so that you can know the things that are freely given to you of God. So, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's so much better if I go away. Do you get it? Because if I don't go, the Spirit won't come. And when he comes, 
Oh, baby, watch out. Bar the door. Things are going to change. Things are going to happen. Your life will be changed. I'm so grateful for the person of the Holy Spirit. And like Bev says, I've learned to love him. Why? Because Jesus said, if you don't receive me, you're rejecting the one who sent me. In the same way, if I reject the Holy Spirit, I'm rejecting the one who sent him. And I don't want Jesus to feel rejected because I reject his wonderful gift that he sent to me. The sweet Holy Spirit who has come to abide with me forever. 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 He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We're rich. We're blessed. We are blessed. So I want to pray for you. The spirit of revelation. If Paul prayed it for the Ephesians. And they were a church that had a lot of revelation. But he prayed for them. Father tonight. I'm asking. For you to do something. Supernatural. I don't know if I can ask this of you or not, but I feel bold to do it. I'm asking you, if it's at all possible, to give to the people in this building the same passion that I have for the truth of your word, and even to go beyond that. I'm asking you to open the eyes of their hearts to see the wonders of the revelation of the truth of your word. I'm asking for the spirit of revelation of wisdom and the knowledge of you to be given. Thank you for Pastor Alex and for the way that every week he opens up the word to the people. But Lord, I'm praying for the people that the people will become just, not not just receivers of what is taught but they'll become those who drink the word and then share it with others. That this will be a place that is a lighthouse in this community of people who know their Lord and are bold in sharing. Lord, I'm asking you to stir up the prophetic anointing in every believer in this body. That we'll go out and we'll be prophesying over people in the marketplace wherever we are. That we'll be people of the spirit and people of the word. Oh God, because the world desperately needs people who know their God. As Daniel says, many will be turned aside, but the people who know their God will do exploits. Will be mighty and do exploits. Lord, thank you. We know you as the God of the new covenant. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God who sent his Holy Spirit to indwell and abide with us forever. Holy Spirit, we receive you. We love you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome in our hearts. You're welcome in our bodies, your temples. You're welcome in every pursuit of our lives. You welcome in our relationships. 
You welcome in our finances. You welcome in our careers, our businesses. You welcome in our speech. Change our speech, Lord. That we'll express spiritual things in spiritual words. Let's be still in his presence and you just receive. He wants to minister. This is the conclusion of this message. You've been listening to the ministry of John and Beverly Sheesby. For more information on this and other available teachings, please visit our website at www.liberatedliving.com. God bless you and thank you for listening.